1: Recorded live. God is so good. God is. God. Yes, that is good. Robert Bryan, Pastor of the Christian Center Church for a while, Kensington, North Carolina, USA. I'd like to welcome you all once again to another edition of Teaching the Word. A sound doctrine is brought to the ears of thousands of God's people all over the world. Our God is good today. He woke us up. be raised to remain.
2: God, we greet you all once again in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Yes, in fact, the Lord is good. We thank God today for the privilege to be able to worship him once again in spirit and in truth. We thank him for his word. We thank him for his love. We thank him for his mercy. Whether you recognize it or not, God said, Robert, tell my people I have been merciful unto them. My mercy, saith the Lord, have been renewed and are renewed every morning. You say, Apostle, what in the world are you talking about? If you don't think God has been merciful to you, you better understand, if God will not merciful to you, you'd have been you'd have been going away from here today. Some of you that are unsaved under the sound of my voice, if God wasn't merciful to you last night, you wouldn't have woke up today in this life. You'd have woke up in hell. You'd have opened your eyes in hell. God has been merciful to you unto us he has not dealt with us as our sins deserve but he is patient he is kind he, he he's long-suffering father we thank you today we give you all glory all honor and all praise for those of you that have been worshiping with us you know that uh we just finished our most recent topic how you treat the kingdom is how you will eventually be treated how you treat the kingdom You know, you you can choose how you want to treat the kingdom, but understand that 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 choice that you make is going to come back to you. It's going to come back to me. So let us treat the kingdom. Let us give everything we have to the kingdom. Let us love the kingdom with all of our heart, our soul, our strength and our mind. Let's, Let's pour every ounce of our fiber and our being into the kingdom. And I guarantee you, under the sound of my voice, you will be pleased with what God sends back to you. You will be pleased. You know, most people, and God is just kind of flashing this in my spirit right now, that most people that that may be invested in Microsoft years ago, they very very happy with how things turned out. You know, or, or Walmart. think about the people that bought Walmart stock when it was maybe a dollar or two uh, uh, per share or whatever it was. Well, after the company blew up and did very very well. I'm sure those people were happy with their return on their investment. Well, that's God said. That's just that's just a parable out of natural things. How much more do you think you will be uh, pleased? With your return from what you have put into the kingdom of God, God is speaking that in my spirit. God said, "Robert, you, you people had to sacrifice; they had to invest in Walmart in order for, when the company blew up and the company did well, for them to to reap the benefits. How much more? And 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 most of those shareholders are very very happy." That came in when the stocks were very cheap and everything was very, very low. In the, but when the company blew up, well, understand that the kingdom of God is already blown up. We are just waiting on the appointed time for God to to uh, give us our dividends or, 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 or to pay us for our labor. See, There's a payment that God has for us for doing right. There's a payment. The Bible says give and it shall be given unto you There's a payment. There's a wages for sin, and then there is a a wage for righteousness. When you do right, God's got a payment for you. My prayer for you under the sound of my voice is that you will do right in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We're going to look at something the Lord had placed in my spirit some time ago. And um, we're going to see exactly where God is going to take us with this. I'm looking very forward to what God has to say, because children of God, rather, uh, uh, you know, you got to understand. I don't know what God is going to say from one minute to the next. I have to wait on Him, hear Him in my spirit, then I know what to say to you all. But we're going to look at uh, our new topic: divine positioning, divine positioning very very important aspect of our Christian faith uh, as an as a sports coach for many years I would spend a lot of time energy and effort with my players with my teams on them being in the right position see a lot of times defensive back if you are in the right position the ball will be thrown right to you for the interception a lot of times uh. uh, uh, uh tailback, if you are in the right positioning, when the linemen open up that hole, well, nobody will even touch you. You'll be, be able to run right through un, unscathed. Well, you know, in basketball, if you are in the right position, uh, a defensive player, when the when the offensive player comes running full speed, if you are in the right position, you take the charge and we get the ball. So a lot of success, thank you Holy Spirit, in the natural realm, a lot of success in the spiritual realm have to do with the being in the right place, in other words, divine positioning, even in the natural, some of you under the sound of my voice, you got that job because you happened to be in the right place at the right time, some of you under the sound of my voice, you were, you were able to marry that man because you were in the right place at the right time, some of you under the sound of my voice, you were able to get that promotion because you were in the right place at the right time. Time. I want to encourage as many of you as are under the sound of my voice to, to, to seek the face of God that you may be in the right place at the right time. God says there are many blessings that my people, just as there are many blessings my people have received by being in the right place at the right time. God says there are many blessings that my people have missed by not being in the right place at the right time. Praise the living God. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, my spirit is, is, is going to, uh, one of our deacons. I don't want to give any names out and different things, but, but you know who we are. Uh, one of our deacons, great supporters of the work. I I thank God for his life and I love him, love him so much. He's, uh, not just a brother, he's a friend, uh, uh, generous giver to, to the work of God and I'm, I'm watching God, uh, replenish him and, you know, refresh him. The Bible says that a generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. He's a refresher to this great work. He knows who he is. I don't I don't need to give any names. But recently he had some of his items damaged in the flood and needed some help to uh, categorize and, and organize everything. And he called me down and I was just going to in a being a help to the brother. He's been such a, a blessing to the ministry and the work and uh but while I was there uh the Lord opened his and touched on his heart to uh donate and to contribute some uh very nice items to the ministry and I was like he was like, you know apostle, you want this?" I was like yes i do uh 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 uh." He was like, well, Apostle, what about this right here? We're getting ready to throw it away. I was like, uh-uh, let me take that. In fact, I'm looking at, it, looking at it right now, right here in the church, all cleaned up and, and looking real good. You say, Apostle, what, what are you driving at? What are you trying to get us to understand? Being in that right place at the right time caused there to be blessings that, that came, you know, and that's just on a small scale. But being in the right place at the right time, not necessarily going. It's not even all, always about going looking for a blessing, just going looking to be a blessing. But in the meantime, and what God will do is he will see to it that you are blessed. I was going just to be a blessing, just to, to help him out with, with what he had to do. But in the meantime, God said what I did, you were going to be a blessing. But God says what I did is I touched hearts that, <laughs> excuse me, that you ended up being blessed. You say apostle, what, what are you trying to get us to understand? We're getting ready to take a look at Abraham, father of them that believe. You know, um, there are some things that we need to understand about this great patriarch. You know, and God is flashing in my spirit now. You, I was going to be a blessing. Now, let me, I may end up having to preach that. I was going to be a blessing, but in, the, in, in, in God took that opportunity to touch hearts that I ended up being blessed. Well, watch this. God told Abram in Genesis chapter 12 to leave his people, his country, and his father's household and go to the land that God would show up. God said, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. You say, Apostle, what, what are you trying to get us to understand? We Spend your time, your energy, and your effort, child of God, trying to be a blessing, trying to be a blessing, trying to be a blessing. My prayer, for those of you under the sound of my voice, is that, that God has used me to say something or to do something or to share something with you that has been a blessing in your life. And if you spend your time, your energy, and your effort trying and working diligently and sincerely to be a blessing God is going to see to it that you are blessed. See, God told Abraham not only was God going to bless him, but that he was going to be a blessing. See, we don't just want to be blessed. No, nah, see, if you're just blessed out there, then you, you're, missing, you're missing what this thing is all about. We, we want to be blessed that we may be a blessing. And every one of us, children of God, God has blessed with something. May not have a whole lot of money, may have a whole lot of wisdom. Share it. May not have a whole lot of uh, friends, you may have a whole lot of insight. Share it. Whatever you have a lot of from God, share it. That's that's how you can be a blessing in the kingdom. That's how you can be a blessing to the church and to the kingdom of God. And God will see to it that you are blessed. God will see to it. That what you don't have a lot, if you are willing, watch this now. Thank you, Father. This is fresh bread here. I'm I'm and I'm I'm just thanking God in my spirit. If you will be willing to share what you have a lot of, God will give you more of what you don't have a lot of. Let me say that again. If you are willing to share what you have a lot of. All of us have a lot of something. Now if you don't know what you have a whole what you have a lot of, then you need to talk with God. You need you need to talk with God. Lord, what have I got a whole lot of? You know, you might look at your bank account and see you don't have a lot of zeros behind behind them numbers. You know, might not have a lot of money, might not have a lot of cars, might not have a lot of clothes, not, might not, might not. But Lord, open my eyes, let me see what I have a lot of so that I can get busy in sharing a lot of that. Because what God will do when he sees you sharing what you do have a lot of, he will begin to give you more of what you do not have a lot of. Oh, I like that revelation, Father. Thank you for that. So Abraham, let's understand a few things about Abraham. The name in Hebrew meant the father of many. Abram, which is what his name was before it was changed, meant many or multitude. He was the first of three of the patriarchs in in Judaism, called by God to leave his father's house, his people, his country, settled in the land of Canaan, which was which was promised to him and his offspring forever. He was willing to sacrifice the son he waited for and that he loved. Now, now we're talking about now. Now God said, "Robert, deal with this a little bit because now this will take you to a even higher level in." Your blessings by God. Mm, thank you, Father. Lord is just dealing with me, dealing with me on this right here. The revelation God just gave us a little earlier was powerful. This one is even more powerful. The revelation God gave us earlier was that if we are willing to share what we have a lot of, God will give us more of what we don't have a lot of. We thank God for that. Okay, we got that. All right. So okay. So now, Lord, show me what I got a lot of. Let me start sharing that so that you, you know. Be, First and foremost, because you you want me to do it and because you said do it. But secondly, because I know that there are some things that I don't have a lot of that I want more of. Okay, we got that. But then God says, Robert, Abraham, what made Abraham special? He was willing to share the only son that he had. Now we know that he had, you know, another son by by Hagar and everything, but we're talking about the son. That was given to him in his old age that was the son by the promise. There was only one Isaac. He was willing to offer up, to sacrifice, to share that Isaac. And willing to share what you don't have a lot of will cause God to bless you on an even higher side. Willing to share what you don't have a lot of. I, and my spirit immediately, God is immediately flashing in my spirit. The widow of Zarephath. This sister was was ready to make her fine. You talk about the final supper. You talk about Jesus and the final supper. She was willing to just go make a little little bit, uh, a little bread for her and her son, so that they could die. Elijah said, "Go and make this, this make the stuff." I'm paraphrasing now. Make the stuff like you said, but bring it to me. A little bit of oil she had, a little bit of water she had, a little bit of flour she had. Isaiah said go and, 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 and Elijah said go and make what you're talking about making but bring it here to me and she brought it to the man of God she sold it into the kingdom all she did is she sold it into the kingdom and as a result of God of, of that God fixed it up so that, that her cupboards or her, her oil and her flour and these things they never ran dry they never ran dry your willingness to sow out of the little bit that you have. See, some of us, when we get it, some of us, you, you know, you got some people that get abundant. They still want to sow
0: little.
2: <laughs> i mean like, man, that ain't going to work now. that ain't, They get abundant, but they want to sow little. Some of us get abundant, want to sow abundant. Some of us get little and want to sow littler. But there's, there's a special group. There's a special group out there, and you you find her mentioned in the scripture that get little, that have little, and still so abundantly. Say, apostle, how is that? How is that? How is that possible? Well, Jesus said it when he the widow uh, in scripture that gave uh, all she had to live on. Now she had little, but Jesus said that she has given more. Then all of the rich who were throwing their offerings into the temple treasury. So even though she had little, she sold abundantly. My prayer for you under the sound of my voice is that out of the little, whether you whether you have little or whether you have much, my prayer is that you will sow abundantly. That you will sow abundantly. Because that is where God, that when you get to the place where you sow abundantly into the kingdom, God got some abundant gifts. God got some abundant uh
0: blessings
2: that far supersede that little bit that you have that you have contributed that or that you have given Abraham
0: we're gonna look at
2: capital A in our outline on the mountain of the Lord. Now again we're talking about divine positioning how important it is to be where God wants you to be because that's where your blessing's gonna be. Now, if, if I done told you that that you know I, I got some money for you in your closet, and you looking all in the kitchen, you looking all out in the garage, you looking all out under the the, 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 the kitchen table, then you you're not gonna you're not gonna get that blessing. You're not gonna get what I have for you because you you're looking in the wrong place. You're in the wrong place on the mountain of the Lord. Now we're gonna take a look at the book of Genesis chapter 22,
0: Genesis, chapter 22, verse 13, from the New International
2: Version, Bible says, Abraham looked up. And there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over, took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Once again, Genesis chapter 22, verse 13 from the New International Version. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over, took the ram, sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of of his son. Capital A in our outline on the mountain of the Lord. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Again, we thank you today, Father, for another beautiful day that you have given us. We thank you, Father, for sun shining, the wind blowing, birds singing. We thank you, Father, for the ability Once again, to be able to walk, to talk, we thank you for the activity of our limbs. We thank you, Father, for provisions, for protection. You've watched over us. You've watched over our homes. You've watched over our country, our nation. We know that the adversary desires to do much more to us than you have allowed him to do. And Father, we thank you. We pray, Father, for all those who were affected by the recent flood. May your good, pleasing, and perfect will be done. May uh, you touch the hearts of insurance agents that they will do what they have promised to do in in, um, the contracts and and the agreements that were made, that people uh, will have their needs met In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we ask that you heal the broken hearted father and those who have suffered loss. Uh, Once again, we pray, father, for for Deacon Brad and his father, that you will touch him, and heal him in the name of Jesus, that there may be testimonies, not many days hence of your uh, wonder working power. Father, we trust that you are going to do these things for us as we. Uh, touching and agreeing, asking in the name of our Lord and our Savior, our only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. In his precious name we pray. Amen and amen. On the mountain of the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Genesis chapter 22, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. The
0: patriarch
2: Abraham is tested. You say, Apostle, why is that favorite chapter of yours in the Bible? It's favorite chapter of mine, child of God, because you need to understand that each one of us is going to be tested with our Isaac. Abraham was tested with his Isaac. His Isaac was the son that was given to him in old age. He was the son that was given to him by divine promise by God. He was the son given to him at a time when Abraham mm, really didn't know if God was going to do like he said he was going to do. He was the son given to him. After Abram and Sarai had tried all kinds of other stuff in their own might and in their own power, he was the blessing that God had promised. You say, Apostle, why is that important? It's important, child of God, because how you treat your Isaac will often determine whether or not God will let you keep your Isaac. Your Isaac represents. That that you have toiled, that you have prayed, you have waited, you have fasted, you have sought God's face, you have gone through a lot to receive. Now that God has given it to you. Are you going to make your Isaac into a God or are you going to still worship the true and living God? Genesis chapter 22 is one of my favorite chapters because what Isaac in essence says in his in his willingness to offer up Isaac is that my Isaac is not my God. My God is still my God. My prayer for you is that your Isaac will not become your God. See, Because if you're not willing to do the right thing with your Isaac, then that means it has become a God. Oh, you've been out there. You didn't have a job. You couldn't get a job. You've been trying going make putting your putting your uh, resume in, talking to people, dressing all up, squirting a cologne on, putting perfume on, getting yourself looking good, and God bless you with that job. He bless you with that job. Now God's gonna sit back and watch. Now has that job has that job. Now you-, you used to pray. You used to be in worship. You used to you used to hearken to the word of God. You used to, listen, but now that you done got that that you've been trying to get, now God said, now now let me see how you let me see how you do now. Because now, if you're not willing to give more thanks to God, if you're not willing to be more obedient to God, if you're not willing to be more submissive, submissive to God once you receive your Isaac, if now you want to kind of turn your back on God and kind of, oh, I don't got my Isaac, I don't got what I, was, what I was doing all this praying for, then what has happened? Your Isaac has become your God. Now, all of a sudden, you've you got that little job, and now you can't worship God no more. Now you done got that little husband, that little wife, and now you don't have no time for God. Now you done little got that child. You have been barren for years and God opened up your womb and now all of a sudden you got that little child and now you you don't want to spend any more quality time with God. You're not praying like you used to pray. You're not fasting like you used to fast. You're not studying like "Uh uh-huh then what has happened, your Isaac has become your God. Abraham one of the reasons why God was so pleased with the patriarch Abraham is because Abraham let Isaac and everybody that read this story know that God is still God and besides him, there is no other. My Isaac is not my God. See, some of you all out there, you done made your children into little gods. Some of you out there, you done made your parents into little gods. Some of you out there, you don't made your little jobs into little gods. You done made your little, you done made going to school into your little. <laughs> Abraham should look. Isaac is not my God. And how does Isaac prove that, how does, how does Abraham prove that Isaac is not his God? Or Abraham that Isaac is not my God. By being willing to sacrifice him. What you are not willing to sacrifice for God, what you are not willing to sacrifice for the kingdom of God, it has become a God in your life. My spirit goes to something that <laughs> I'm kind of laughing. Some one of the deacons was saying to me as we were we were working with some of the flood items, you know, had some very, very, you know, valuable and important stuff. But one of the things he kept saying to me, "Apostle, I've made my peace. I've made my peace." And we were just kind. Of, I made my peace. You know, with being able to let go of some things. See, being able to let go see a lot of times if we're not careful we spend so much time energy and effort in acquiring that when it comes time for letting go that can be very difficult you know it was it was not the easiest thing for me you know as a as a basketball coach to let go and a and a a teacher which i loved absolutely loved the school teacher i loved it a lot of people talk about school teaching and 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 uh you know, kids is this and kids is that. Man, I absolutely love school teaching. Right to this day, I got former students that contact me 20, 25 years later. Coach B, what's going on now? Oh, sorry, Coach B. I mean, uh, uh, Pastor, Apostle Brian. How's everything? And right today. Loved it. Absolutely loved it.
0: What? God said, let it go. Let it go. Be prepared, child of God. Now, God, you know, God may ask
2: you to let something go. And it just be for, for a time or for a season. You know, he might ask you to let something go. The time you let it go. He give you something even bigger and better than that. You know, uh, God asked me, in essence, to let go teaching at North Lenoir High School. Right, right or not, not far from where we are now. And now he's giving me teaching the word where, to, you know, where I was teaching you know, a few a few hundred or maybe a, a thousand students per uh per year. Now he's giving me uh, the platform of teaching his word around the world. Been in about twenty five countries the last three years. So, you know, anytime God asks you to give something up, keep in mind he's got something better in store for you. Now if you're not willing to give up that little bitty A, B, C, then God be saying I can't give you the much better D,
0: E, F. Abraham was tested. God told him, he said to him in verse 1, take your son, your only son,
2: Isaac, whom you love, go to the region of Moriah, Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains. I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. Early the next morning. See, obedience to God need to be something early in the early in the morning. See, you mess around. God don't tell you to do something, uh, you know, and and, and and you delaying, you wait until late, you be malingering around. See, that that's an indication you really don't want to do it. That's all that is. That's all that is. That's an indication that you really don't want to do it. God done told you to do something on a certain day or at a certain time or at a certain junction, and you let, you messing around, messing around. Till, that's an
0: indication you really don't want to do it. Uh, all right, some of y'all out there. I don't know
2: about that. apostle. Okay, take it in the natural. You tell your son or you tell a child, you know, get up, clean up, clean up his room. You go to his room, tell him, get up, clean up his room. You go to his room early in the morning, 8 o'clock. Say, get up, boy, clean up this room. That joke will wait till 8 o'clock in the night clean up his room.
1: Well,
0: what, what is that?
2: You don't really want to do it. say, Apostle, what do you sound like? You sound like you're getting on me. Yes, I am getting on you, my brother, my sister.
0: <laughs>
2: Many of y'all will be calling me, boss, you talking about me? Everybody will be calling me saying the same thing. No, the Spirit of God is talking to all of us. He's talking to all of us. Because what delayed, obedient, delayed obedience is really disobedience. Delayed obedience. God wants you and I to be in the habit of when he tells us something, just like you you want your children to be in the habit of when you tell them something, get busy right then. Tell your son, take a bath on Saturday. That joke don't don't, don't get in. The, don't get to the bathroom and take a bath till a uh, Wednesday night sometime. What? Why? I told you way back on Saturday. Oh, man, daddy, come on, man. Give a brother a break, man. What? Let us get in the habit of obeying God immediately. Because, see, you want your you want your blessing immediately. Oh, I, I, it, it never ceases to amaze me how some of you all still don't see this thing. It, 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 it don't it, see, it, it amaze me. If God were to do to you or allow you to be done, like some of you all do the kingdom of God, some of you all be complaining and causing it. Y'all, some of y'all have, a, y'all have a, a vigil. Some of y'all be marching. Some of y'all be marching. Let your company, think, look at how you give to the body of Christ or till you give to the work of God. Let your company start giving to you like that right there. Somebody, you know, you delay. Somebody, you won't do. Let, 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 let the, let the Lord, or let your company start giving to you the way you give to the body of Christ and see how you would like it. Some of you be happy. Why? Because some of you are on point, you are doing things. But others, give when you feel like giving, let them, let them start paying you on your job like that. They just give you when they, you don't work all. T- t- Expecting your check on time, and they just give you when they feel like giving. Some,
1: you know,
2: ah, they just give you maybe you don't work two weeks. Ah, we're not gonna pay you this this month. And I and I know what some of you do. Some of you, the first one you call will be me. Boss, they
0: they didn't, they didn't even pay me.
2: They they said they, they uh huh. If you want your blessings from God to be on a regular basis. Let's be a blessing to God on a regular basis. One of the reasons why Abraham was constantly and continuously blessed by God is because he was constantly and continuously obedient to God. Early the next morning. Abraham said, look, I, I don't play around with obedience to God. Some of you all understand my voice. You play around with obedience to God. and you, 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 you it, That's worse than playing with fire. God says worse than playing with fire. We don't want to play around with our obedience to God. Now, we do. Now, come on. We got to be honest. No need, no need to lie. But it's dangerous. Very, very dangerous. Abraham said, I ain't, I ain't trying to do that early the next morning. Abraham said, look, I, I know what God has asked me to do. Let me get that done early the next morning. Before something, before something else come up. Think of stuff come up. And the adversary going to make sure stuff come up so that you can't do what God has told you to do. Ain't nothing but a trick of the adversary. That's why we get that on out of the way. That's one reason I love to exercise. I love going to exercise first thing in the morning. Sun sometimes don't even come up. I go and get my exercise out of the way. Why? So that if something come up, that is already taken care of. That is already out of the way. Like to get worship taken care of early in the morning. Why? Something might come up. Somebody might call. Somebody might be in a hospital. Somebody might need a, uh, need a, uh, that, that. Is taken care of. Abraham early the next morning saddled his donkey, went to the place, got to the place that God had sent him to go and was just about to split him in half with that knife. Abraham, I mean, just the God, you think about it, Abraham didn't bring Sarah. He didn't bring the servants. Why? Because everybody's not going to understand some of the things God is telling you. Can you imagine Abraham brought Sarah along and she see this? Abraham getting ready to got a knife draw over her baby. And if Sarah was anything like black women, he'd have to sacrifice her and, and, and uh, uh Isaac. Can you imagine if Sarah had been brought along with Abraham now she done had this baby late, about ninety years old. Done had this baby when she was ninety years old, and here is Abraham standing up over him, got him tied down on an altar. Some of y'all, you, you, some of y'all out there, you got to take some of these things in the Bible, and you got to bring them on to us. You got to bring them on to us in our day. Some of you mothers out there, your husband talking about the Lord told him to take your 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 baby and tie him down and split him in half with a knife. Most of you ain't going for it. And some of you out there listening to me, you're saved, you're sanctified, and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, but you ain't going for that. Abraham did not bring Sarah. Abraham did not even bring the servants. The servants could only go so far. You say, Apostle, why is this important? It's important because you got to understand that some things that God is telling you, nobody else is ready for that. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody else ready. Not, not that others might don't come around later on. Not that others may not uh, uh, get on, get get with you later on. But they ain't ready. And when folk ain't ready, you got just got to, you got to just leave folk behind. Abraham, look at what the Bible says. Watch this now. Sarah, he left Sarah. Sarah didn't even start going on the trip with him. The Lord said to him in verse two, "Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love." And go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him as a burnt offering. All right, so Abraham sets out early in the morning. He goes, he goes, he goes. But look at look at verse 4. On the third day when Abraham looked up, saw the place. In other words, he saw where God wanted him to sacrifice this boy. He said to the servants, Stay here with the donkeys. You say, Apostle, what you got in there? You got to understand there's some folk that just got to stay back with the donkeys in your life. They just ain't ready for they, 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 they just ain't ready for that next move they not ready now. I don't need to try to, try to bring folks. Stay back with the donkeys, bro. Let them stay. It's some folk that have got to stay back with the donkeys while you move on to where God is telling you and to what God is telling because they're not ready. Can you, can you imagine if the servants had come with Abraham? Here he is. Uh, the servants been with Abraham. Servants loved Isaac. Watched him grow up. Here he is, You know, 13-year-old. Good looking little boy, the servants liked him, everybody. And now Abraham is tying him down on an altar. Tying him down and raising a knife to split him in half. Man, Abraham, if the if Abraham would have brought the servants, he might would have had to sacrifice the
0: servants and Isaac. Sarah didn't even make the trip. Servants had to be left behind. And it was Abraham
2: and God and the sacrifice. You say, Apostle, what you're diving in? See, some of y'all understand my voice. You out there, you in trouble with God and you don't even know it because you, you haven't taken the sacrifice to God seriously. Abraham, listen to me out there, child of God. You don't play with your sacrifice. You don't play with your offering. Abraham even though this was a very, very expensive offering to Abraham, this was his only son. Now we know he had another son with Hagar, uh, uh, Ishmael, who is the, the father of the, the Arabs, you know, and, 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 and Isaac here, who is the, the great ancestor of the Jews. And God prophesied the fights that you got right now between Arabs and Jews. God prophesied about 6,000 years ago. It's still going on right today. Arabs and Jews can't hardly set right right today. Ishmael, the father or the great ancestor of the Arabs, Isaac, the great ancestor of the Jews, right today. These two groups are having problems. God said it way back 6,000 years ago. 6,000 years ago. Abraham said, look, I'm not playing with my offering, even though it's my son, my only son whom I love, the son I waited till I was about a hundred years to have, the son that God promised me that I would have. Abraham said, I am willing to sacrifice it because Abraham understand you can get in very, very serious trouble with God messing around with his sacrifice, messing around with his offering. Some of you don't even know that and be wondering why things be like they is. No, we don't play with our sacrifice. We don't play with our offering. God had Abraham. Abraham, the Bible says, Abraham had the knife wrong look at verse 10 then he reached out his hand took the knife to slay his son took the knife to slay his son we now now Abraham is known as the father of them that believe this was Abraham's way of saying to God that as much as I love my Isaac He I don't love him more than I love my God. Some of you all can't say that out there because you know you love your children more than you love God. Some of you out there you can't say that because you know you love your wife or your husband more than you love God. Some of you out there you can't say that because you know you love your job more than you love God.
0: But we're not supposed to. We're not supposed to. And that will get us in
2: trouble with God. Any person, any place, some of you out there, you know it ain't true
0: because you know you love your car more than you love God. God, Abraham sent a statement. See, sometimes you got to send a statement.
2: Abraham sent a statement. Isaac, you are not my God. Much as I love you, and would die for you. I can, hear, I can hear Abraham in the spirit. I would die for you. Isaac. But I'm not going to offend God for you. I'm not going to disobey God for you. Bible says, but the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham. Now listen to Abraham. Listen at this now, because some, some of y'all just be reading the Bible. You got to stop and let God, you got to stop and hear what God be saying, because God be saying something in the word of God through every word in the word of God. Listen at what Abraham said. Here I am. See, see that roll off the tongue real, real smooth to some of y'all. Y'all just said, oh, he's just saying here I am. What Abraham was saying with that here I am is that here I am, Lord, doing exactly what you told me to do. That here I am meant, that I am right here in the center of your will for me, Lord. Not just here I am, like, you know, you know, that sometimes people call you on the phone and be like, yo, man, where you at? Man, I'm right here. Uh-uh. Abraham was saying to God that here I am, right in the center of your will, doing exactly what you told to do, you told me to do, trying to be as obedient as I possibly can. Here I am. Because you need to understand, child of God, that when God looks at you and when God looks at me, he only sees one or two things. You either where God told you to be or you are not. You are either doing what God told you to do or you are not. You
1: are
0: either saying what God told you
1: to say or you
0: are not. Abraham said, here, here, here. Abraham said, I know where you told me to be, Lord. I know what you told
2: me to do. And that's exactly where I am. Here, I am," he replied. God said, "Don't lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him." Now I know that you fear God. You say, "Apostle, what you driving at?" He said, "God got to do some stuff in your life. Some of y'all out down there the find so so that that God will know that you fear Him." So that so God, you talk like you do, you tell folk you do, yeah, you know, you got it. Yeah. But God got some stuff where he going to test you. He going to test me to see, do we really fear God? Look at what God said. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. See, what is it that's that's keeping you? From really proving to God that you fear him. See, real fear of God means that there's there's certain things that have to be done. Look at what the Bible said. Now I know that you fear God. Why? Because you have not withheld. Withholding certain things from God that God is asking for, what you're really saying is, God, I don't fear you. (laughs) <laughs> you, you, God done asked you to give something. God done told you to give something, and you're talking about you ain't going to
0: give it, you ain't going to do it. What you're really saying is, God, who is you? Who is you? God says, that now I know you fear God. Why? Your behavior in
2: giving what God has told you to give has proven to God now. That you fear God. It, it let, a, let God had asked Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. And I and, and, and Abraham been like, Man, I ain't sacrificing no Isaac. Man, forget that stuff God talking about. Uh oh. And see, that's what you're saying to God out there. When you refuse to give up what God had told you to give up. When you refuse to sacrifice what God has told you. You to, tell oh man, forget that stuff God talking about. That's what you're saying. Some of you don't even realize what you be saying. Then when God blasts you, oh, that's just coincidence. That, oh, that, that, that could have happened to anybody. No! God does nothing without first revealing his plans to his servants, the prophets. Nothing. There's no job you're going to lose that God hasn't revealed it to his servants, the prophets. There's no death in your family that God hasn't revealed it to one of his servants in the prophets. God does surely, the sovereign Lord, does nothing without first revealing his plans to his servant, the prophet. Well, you know, you don't want to listen to the prophet. So now you get yourself blasted and trying to figure out why you're trying to figure out why. Prophet sitting back looking at you, knowing exactly why you didn't want to sacrifice your Isaac. Remember, Isaac can be people, place, things that God is saying, give it up. And you still want to hold on to it. Jonah said it like this in Jonah chapter 2, verse 7. Thank you, Father. After God was about to kill Jonah. See, that's what a lot of people don't realize. In Sunday school, we saw Jonah in the belly of the whale looking, you know, almost like he was enjoying himself. God was killing Jonah. That's what some of you don't understand. What was going on in the belly of the huge fish or the whale, God was choking Jonah to death. Read the scriptures well. Jonah said in Jonah chapter 2, verse 7 from the New International Version, when my life was ebbing away. In other words, I'm about to die in here behind this foolishness. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. In other words, I remember what you told me, Lord. I remember you told me to go, oh, oh, you want me to go and preach to these Ninevites. Okay, I got that. Because I wasn't trying to go and preach to no Ninevites. I was trying to go and do my own thing. God said, no, no, you ain't. I'll shut you down. No, you ain't. See, some of us, you know, some of us have got strong will, See, Apostle Paul had a strong will. Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Damascus and bring any of these Christians back to Jerusalem. bond. God said no. In and, and chains, God said no. You ain't.
0: No, you ain't. And
2: Jonah, I ain't. Jonah said, "Look, God said go to Nineveh." Jonah said, no, nah, I'm going to Tarsis. Who you think you're talking to, God? I'm Jonah, baby. I'm Jonah. God said, "All right, okay." Jonah, Jonah never made it to Tarshish. He never made it to Tarshish. Where he was trying to go. When my Jonah said in verse Jonah chapter two, verse seven, the, the, the whole chapter is entitled Jonah Praise. The first time you read about Jonah praying was when he got swallowed by the huge fish. That's the first time you read about Jonah praying in scripture. With all that stuff that was going on. But now he's starting to get the message. When my life was ebbing away. See, somebody out there, God got to just about kill before you going to do what he told you to do. Because God ain't playing. God ain't playing. Pastor may be, mama may be, daddy may be, sisters brothers might be joking around. God ain't playing with us. Jonah said, when my life was ebbing away. How about to die, y'all? Jonah I'm hearing Jonah through the, through the spirit now. I'm hoping y'all hearing what I'm saying. I was about to die. God was going to kill me behind this foolishness. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. My prayer rose to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be there. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. When God heard that. God was like, all right, fish. Turn him loose. The Bible says, and the fish vomited Jonah onto dry land. When God heard that. Because see, you, you, you go back to Jonah chapter two. Up before you get to verse seven. Verses long in one, two, three, four, five, six. Jonah complaining about what God has done. Somebody, oh, you hurled me into the deep. You got this seaweed wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains. He's talking about what God has done. God sitting back saying, I ain't listening. I ain't hearing none of that. Because the only thing I'm seeing is you ain't done what I told you to do. That's how some of us be. Ain't, ain't trying to do what God done told us to do. But yet complaining about what God has either done or what God has either allowed to happen. Because you need to understand something, child of God. Everything that happened to you or me, either God did it or God allowed it. Flood. We just had a flood right here in eastern North Carolina. Well, there was a flood way back thousands of years ago, too. God did it. I ain't saying God did this. I don't know. I ain't asked him yet. But he either did it or he allowed it. It's one of the two because it happened. Anything that happened to you, that happened to me, that happened to our generation, that happened, either God did it or God
0: allowed it. Because if God don't allow it, it can't happen. God be like, Robert, if I don't allow stuff, dang it, stuff can't happen.
2: That's why everything that happens is a part of God's will.
0: Either his perfect will
2: or his permissive will. His perfect will is what God wanted to happen. Or what God wants to do, His permissive will is what God allows to happen. Everything is a part of God's will. Ah, uh, Apostle, how come they killing little children? It's part of God's God's will. That's why. Ah, uh, Apostle, how come there's so much? How come there's so much evil in the world? Of God's will. It's His permissive will, meaning that He's allowing it to happen. Because when God shut things down,
0: He shut things down. If God don't allow a thing to happen, it can't happen. It can't happen. Don't lay a hand on the boy. Don't do
2: anything to him. Now I know. See, God said. Well, now God said, "Look, you have proven to me your willingness to do what I asked you to do." And see, you have got to understand, some children, God. A lot of times, that's all God be after. God be like, man, I, I didn't want. Any, I won't even have you do that in the first place. I just want to see if you was willing to do it. You know how sometimes maybe you, you 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 your friend or yours may get a may get a check. You might be riding with him somewhere. a Friend get a check. He didn't just collect the check for ten thousand dollars. Like man, go on, give me go on, give me a hundred dollars. Friend be like, man, I ain't giving you nothing. And he'd be like, man, I didn't want a no hundred dollars. I was just checking to see if you would do it. Just checking to see if you would do it. God said, look, don't let him. Now I know that you fear God, you because you have not withheld from me your only son. But God said, look. You know, you ain't got to do it. I was just testing to see if you would. And Abraham was going to do it. I know if I was Isaac laying on that table, I'd be like, thank you, Jesus. 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 Because I, I, Abraham was getting ready to do it. God was like, I'm just checking. Just checking to see if you would. See, everything God asks you to do, he don't mean for you to carry out. He just wants to see if you're willing. There's a passage in 2 Corinthians talk about how if the willingness is there, if you're willing to do a thing, the Bible says the gift is accepted based on what you have, not on what you don't have. In other words, if you're willing to do something, God be talking it up just like you've done it. Just like God be, God be in, in God's logbook, in God's rollbook, He just you being willing. That's why the Bible talks about if we are willing and obedient, we will eat the good of the land. Because God like folk that are willing. Don't mean we always got to do. Cause God can, Same way God can come in and tell you, all right, I want you to sacrifice your son on one of the mountains I'll show you about. And, I, and Abraham go and get ready to sacrifice. Then God be like, no, 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 that's all right, don't do it. God be to see your willingness. Were you willing? Were you willing to do what God wanted you to do? Abraham, pass the test. My prayer for you under the sound of my voice. I don't know what you've been into and what you've been doing, but my prayer for you under the sound of my voice from today, you will pass the test in the name of Jesus. Whatever test you find, whatever you know God is asking you to do and telling you to do and sent his prophets, his apostles, that, that you will be willing to do. Bible says Abraham looked up. Now, what are we talking about here? Capital A in our outline on the mountain of the Lord. On the mountain of the Lord is symbolic of being where God told you to be, doing what God told you to do. That's where you will run into your blessing. That's where you will run into your miracle. That's where you will run. That's on the mountain of the Bible says Abraham looked up and there in the thicket. Well, Abraham didn't see this while he was back in camp. Abraham didn't see this while the mountain was still three days away in the distance. Abraham saw the ram in the bush. A lot of us be talking about the ram in the bush. God provided the ram in the bush. Ram in the bush. Yeah, Ram in the bush is when it's God's ram in the bush, because the devil can put some rams in the bush too. When it's God's ram in the bush, you and I will be where God told us to be, doing what God told us to do. And that's when we see God's ram in the bush. Abraham looked up. And there in the thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horn. He went over, took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place. The Lord will provide. And to this day, listen at this, children of God, because we're about to close this message. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Capital A in our outline, on the mountain of the Lord. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? That means that when you are where God told you to be, doing what God told you to do, saying what God told you to say, going about what God has told you to go about. That's where you will find the provision that God has for you. That's where you will find what God wants you to have on the mountain of the Lord. We're talking about divine positioning, children of God. Divine positioning positioning, being in the position, being in the right place. Why was it that the the, 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 the foolish virgins missed out on their husband in the scripture? Five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins. I believe it's five or ten or whatever. The wise virgins, why were they able to receive their blessing and go off and and get married and the foolish virgins had to stay? They were out of position. See, and when you and I are out of position, then God be like, there's a whole lot of stuff I got to keep back from you. Think about your own son. That boy won't get his grades up like you want him to get. You done told him over and over, get his grades up, get his grades up. Maybe he likes sports or maybe he likes driving cars or maybe he likes whatever he likes. But if he won't do like you tell him to do, first thing you're going to do is take that which you know he like. Won't get them grades up, all right, you can't play basketball. Won't get them grades up, all right, give me the keys to that car. Won't get your grades up, all right, you can't work at your job no more. You're going to take that thing you know he like. Why? Because he's doing something that you don't like. God do us the same way. God done told you he wants you to do something. you tell talking about what you ain't going to do. So God said, all right, I, should, I, I take some things from you then that you do like. And then we be trying to figure out why. How crazy would your son be? You done told him. If you don't make a, a B average, you can't play on the football team. That joke will come in with C's and D's. Then you take him off the football team, and he's still trying to figure out, I wonder why daddy, daddy took me off the football team. How come, how come what's wrong with daddy? How crazy a son is that? But the question becomes, how crazy is some of us? God done told us what he want us to do. And we just decide we ain't going to do that. And then when God takes something, we're wondering why? Divine position. Be in place, child of God. Be in place. Because God is not, God is going to put his blessings right where he said he's going to put them. And see, that's why you need a prophet in your life. That's why God put, put pastors over congregations. If not, then we just all just go do whatever's clever. No, God said, I got gifts in the body. I got apostles first. I said apostles. Then I said prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That's the governmental gifts in the body of Christ. You don't decide, I don't need no pastor. I don't need no prophet. I don't need no apostle. I just do, do any of kind of thing. And God be like, what is this? God is the one that set up the church, children of God. And he set it up with an order. Just like he set family up with the order. Just like he set creation up with the order. You go to First Corinthians, up around chapter 10, chapter 11. God is the head of Christ, as Christ is the head of every man, as man is the head of woman. You out there as a woman, you're like, I don't need no man. See, now, we got a spirit of rebellion, see. Now, you saying, apostle, does that mean I, as a woman I got to be married? No, that ain't what the scripture said. But that, what that is saying is that somewhere there's got to be a man at your head. Might be your pastor. Might be your apostle. somebody got to be sown into your life from above. The kingdom of God is set up on order. It's a kingdom that has been set up on order. Somebody is under you,
0: but somebody is over you. You look at this account here, we're going to close children, of new God,
2: of Abraham and Isaac. And, and, and God is, is showing me something now in my spirit. And I've been preaching this about a good 30, 30 plus years. I ain't never seen before. I ain't never seen this before. God just opened my eyes to it. Very rarely do we talk about Isaac in this select scriptures. Now, we were just talking about how God has placed somebody over you, God has placed some, in the kingdom of God, somebody is under you and somebody is over you. Somebody you're supposed to be listening to. Somebody you're supposed to be giving an account, giving account to. In this scripture, it, Isaac, God's saying, Robert, you've you got to understand because Isaac was one of the patriarchs too. Isaac understood the order of the kingdom. He was willing to lay down and let himself be tied down as an offering, and you don't even see him complain. Goodness gracious If it had been me I might have been like Yo daddy what's wrong with you man You tripping Hold up it, Or if daddy would have tried to explain to me Look, uh, look uh, Jake what I'm going to do is I'm going to tie you down And I'm going to take this knife And drive it in your chest And split you in half on the altar I'd be like man daddy you tripping man Get out of here Negro." Isaac You don't see him complaining Why because Daddy is over me, I'm following the instruction of the one that 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 God has placed over me. I may not understand because Isaac was asking questions. Where's the sacrifice, Daddy? I see the wood. I see the I see the uh, I see the stuff. You know, I see the, the burnt uh, the, the, the the firewood and the fire, but but where's the sacrifice? Abraham told him the Lord will provide. Isaac was like, I'm good with that. Isaac had been with daddy before on sacrifices. He knew what that table was. And when he laid down on that table, we don't read that Abraham had to wrestle Isaac down. He, Isaac laid down willingly, let himself be tied down. We're talking about submitting. We're talking about submitting to somebody. Who you submit to out there? On the sound of my voice. Who you submitting to? Because if you're not submitting, if you ain't somebody you can you can go to it, then you doing your own thing. Isaac said, man, I'm left daddy. This is daddy. And Daddy, you say, you say that, you know, I'm gonna be the sacrifice? Okay. Isaac, well I like Jesus in this. Lot like Jesus. Jesus came into the earth through forty and two generations, lived, bled, and died as a sacrifice for our sin rose again from the dead, ascended on high, and is coming in. Jesus, in essence, said to the Father, I'll go down. When God was like, who is going to die that these people might have a right to eternal life? Jesus was like, I'll do it. I'll do it.
0: Isaac said, I'll do it. Daddy, I'll be that sacrifice. Isaac. I ain't never, I, I'm going to have to preach that. I ain't, God ain't, I ain't never showed me that before.
2: Isaac, Dude, the average 13-year-old, you trying to plunge a knife in his chest, what you going to have is a fight.
0: Isaac, not fighting. Perfect submission. Even though he didn't
2: understand, he trusted daddy and he trusted the God of daddy. My pride for you. Because see, there needs to be a daddy in your life. That you trust the God in him. No, that Abraham won't perfect no more than any pastor, any apostle, any bishop. All y'all bishops out there listening to you pastors. Ain't none of us perfect. Come on now. Let's be honest. We family. But you out there on the side of my voice, you have got to be willing to trust somebody that God has placed over you and trust the God that he, that, that, that's in them. Isaac said, I'm willing to trust. I'm trusting my daddy and I'm trusting the God that I know he serves. Well, children of God, like my bishop used to say many years ago, faith tabernacle holding this church. That's the message. That's the message. Divine positioning. Capital A in our outline on the mountain of the Lord. It will be provided. What you need and what God has for you on the mountain of the Lord. Being where God told you to be. Doing what God told you to do. You will run right in. To your ram in the bush, you will run right in to your divine provision. May God continue to bless each of you. Heaven continue to smile on you. Um, Lord willing, we'll see you this evening at 6 p.m. God bless you, children of God.
1: And
0: God continue to bless you.